3: Welcome to The Firing Line. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Mopin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Ah!
0: Good. Bad.
2: I'm the guy with the gun. Thank you for joining us, and welcome to the Firing Line Radio Show. My name is Lou McCoy, and it's my sincere pleasure to be joining you along with the rest of the Rex Reviews team. Welcome, Miss Casey Bay. Hi,
4: guys.
5: And, of course, the legendary Tiborosaurus Rex. Yeah, the Tiborosaurus Rex is from the Cretaceous Period, or the Crustaceous Period, or something. I don't remember, dude. Feeling a little crusty, though. <laughs> well, you're looking good, man. Yeah, I think I need a vet. A vet? Yeah, I think I need a vet to get
2: straightened out here. <laughs> I know a couple of good vets, actually. Do oh, good, good. They take good care of their A critters. veterinarian
5: is what I meant there.
2: Oh. Well, yeah. in that case, we might be SOL. <laughs> uh, we are filling in for Mr. Philip Nayman Once again, this is our second time here on the Firing Line radio show. We did this a couple months ago when we shipped Philip off to Madagascar someplace. Yeah, he did
5: make it back home okay. He actually survived that trip. We stuffed him into a cardboard box and uh, put uh, just a random destination on there. But he, he did make it back. So And he was still, uh, I don't know, either we intimidated him into getting us back on this show or uh, he's uh, you know in the stock. Rockholm uh, syndrome type deal. Uh, one of the two. I, I'm still trying to identify exactly what's going on there. But at any rate, we do have tactical command of this radio show again for the post Thanksgiving, post Black Friday show. That's right. Thanksgiving, man.
2: Yeah, it was pretty good, wasn't it? Did I, you eat some turkey, Lou? We had turkey, we had ham, we had uh, sweet potatoes, the whole nine yards, Holy man. Holy Moses. It was a good time.
5: I think that's why God invented certain animals like turkeys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, specific uh, exact holidays. Because they're delicious, right? You know, Thanksgiving's actually like one of my favorite holidays, authentically. Is it? In terms of American holidays. Um, You know, the 4th of July is my favorite because that's when we got to, uh, you know, gain our independence and and do all this stuff and, you know, get the king off of our back and become truly viable, uh, you know, humans on the earth. And I think that's awesome. But Thanksgiving is cool, too, man. That's got a good history going way back Uh, to the Puritans and the Pilgrims and them guys, and uh, they uh, had read back in the old days that there was a a holiday they kept in in the Bible back in the old days, and uh, they they wanted to kind of simulate that. They didn't have all the exact details on what that was. Uh, Originally, it was the Feast of Sukkot, I think is what they called it, Hmm. Uh, but they were trying to emulate that spirit, and... uh, There's a lot of controversy nowadays, and even when I was in high school, that Thanksgiving is an evil holiday, and the social justice warriors really jumped on it because... You know, the, you know, whatever. People were wrestling with each other, fighting over territory or or someone got a disease or something. I don't know about all that stuff. All I know is that uh, it's a good opportunity for us to all maybe make friends and, and be thankful for what we have. And I try to think positively. It's like if you're always looking in the rearview mirror critiquing things and you're driving a car down the road, you're going to crash that car into everything you see. Or like, everything you don't see. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> I'm telling you, I need a
2: vet, dude. I got a good vet online for <laughs> <laughs> but uh thanks you're right though rex because thanksgiving it's an opportunity to reflect and give thanks and, yeah. and that's one of the things that leads to a positive mindset every day is being able to give thanks and recognize the blessings of this life and yeah. once you realize how well off we are here it puts everything else into perspective
4: well and one of my favorite uh what are they called sorry i'm squeaky uh what are they called like uh, that you live by those sayings What are they called? Proverbs? No, like a montage. What the... Not a montage. smart guy? Mantra, that one. Mantra. My favorite mantras is that you can't be hateful if you're grateful and one of the things about Thanksgiving and and something to think about too for like social justice warriors who are
5: looking perpetu- for an excuse to cry well, and perpetuating
4: dude, hate I, I, I mean
5: uh, we're gonna hey how many snowflakes are we allowed to melt today Lou all of them <laughs> melt all the snowflakes uh, speaking of melting snowflakes yeah so uh, yeah, yeah. today when uh, you know where before we came down here to take over this radio show uh um, these uh, guys came over. Lou and Casey came over there laughing just hilariously. And uh, we had a pretty fun... Casey had come up with something pretty silly because it's snowy up where we come from, the from the northern area up there. It's uh, still icy and snowy. And the snow started melting and freezing, making it very treacherous to drive in.
4: Yeah. Uh, so do you guys know why it's dangerous to drive when the snow is melting?
5: Why
2: is it dangerous to drive when the snow is melting, Casey?
4: Because it's dangerous like Charlie Melton like the snow is melting
2: I don't
5: think we delivered that correctly.
4: I don't
2: think it was very funny to begin with. See, and I think that's proving my point there, that it was a bad pun to begin with.
5: Yeah. So Casey's just laughing. She's laughing so hard. She's crying. She couldn't even talk. I'm like, what are you guys laughing about? And she's like, yeah, Lou was saying how dangerous it was because the snow's melting. She's like, like Charlie Melton. So
2: for those of them out in listener land who might not know who Charlie Melton is, that's Kind of important to the context of the joke. Yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Charlie Melton's a, a retired Navy SEAL sniper instructor. Uh, he's the guy that trained like Chris Kyle and Marcus Luttrell, and he's got a, a precision rifle shooting company called Charlie Mike Precision. Uh, we are actually able to interview Philip Holson, his uh, main man, uh, that he works with, uh down in Normandy, Texas. And he came up into the Rex Cave a month or two ago for our podcast show, the Rex Reviews podcast show. RexReviews.org is where we have that. But, um, they came over there, just really fun people. And Charlie himself, actually, we met him at a RX17 seminar event that we put on, which is one of our uh, precision rifle uh, seminar events where we get people squared away on that. But Charlie's a cool guy. Uh, he's a little bit maybe intimidating to look at, right? And Casey was scared of him, right? Casey.
4: Oh yeah, he's like I mean, I'll use the Spartan analogy, but- yeah. He's kind of like a giant Spartan. Like his his structure in itself is giant. Like like walking into yeah, he's a
5: big dude and he lift weights. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but if, uh, if anyway, would... that's the joke. So you know, <laughs> it's it's uh, you know the snows melting, dangerous like Charlie Melton. Melton. That uh, that is a, such a long. Did we spend too much time on that joke? That's dude? a
2: long road to take to deliver oh, a punchline. There. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we made way it way to
5: screw it up, Casey.
4: <laughs> Hilarious.
2: <laughs> so yeah, we get to <laughs> hang out with cool guys like Charlie every now and then, and it's pretty cool the folks that we get to meet because of our podcast. Yeah, there's I all mean.
5: kinds of neat people that meet, uh, lots of top operators and uh, people in the industry, people who design all different kinds of firearm systems and uh, uh, different, uh, you know, new technology and computer technology, and just a lot of real high, uh, high degree of intelligence that usually shows up at our events, and so uh, people generally learn more. Doing those, you know, just hanging out with uh, other people than maybe they even do at the event itself. So it's, it's just like synergistically amplified to the maximum degree.
2: <laughs> and the cool opportunities that we get, too, to like go around the radio stations around the country and take them over. Yep. and And uh – send Philip Neyman on a little vacation. So it's pretty cool, guys.
5: <laughs> yeah, but no, we, we had a lot of fun last time. We actually did come to California. Uh, we did uh, one of them, RX-18, actually. That's for the calendar year of 2018, attached to the live fire. Still coming up in March, uh, where we're going to do some live fire rifle training out to beyond 1,000 yards. And um, But it, yeah, we had a lot of fun at the seminar event, which was the prerequisite for it. And it was the most fun crowd I've had so far, man, is Californians are hilarious. Yes, They are, huh? And, yeah, they're suppressed enough to where I get to make jokes and, and uh, you know, they're just looking for any degree of levity to get out of the captivity. Uh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, for example, we, we had this port portion where we're talking about transitional ballistics, okay. which is between internal ballistics, which is what happens with the propulsion of the, the bullet down the rifle barrel, right? And as that bullet exits into the atmosphere and begins its uh, trajectory, that little tiny window of space is the transitional zone. Let me talk in detail about 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 the tiny little idiosyncrasies and asymmetries that can cause destabilization of the projectile at the crown region of the bore, And we're talking about uh, suppressors, or some people prefer to call them silencers, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I start talking about silencers in detail, right? And I look back, and I'm looking at the screen, and I turn back, and everyone's kind of got this goofy look on their face, the whole crew, you know, from uh, California. And they're like, I'm like, oh, I remember, because we're from Free USA, where we're from. There's like no laws where we're at. Is that correct, Lou? It's pretty correct. It's, it's kind, of, kind of, a, of like the Wild West up here. Yeah, Wild West isn't so wild though. I mean, we, we, it's pretty peaceful. You can you can leave your car keys, you know, in in your car in the ignition overnight with the windows down every day for five years straight and never have a problem. There's like no crime because people know what's going on. It's not going to be very healthy for them. But at any rate, we were working. Uh, at the seminar, and uh, the people had this blank stare when they started talking about suppressors, and I'm like, are you guys even allowed to have those here? <laughs> and they all reply, no, absolutely not, and I'm like, are you serious? Really? Yeah, and I look up above me, and there's all these stuffed animals on the wall, and I'm like, oh, I see. You guys are under surveillance. You guys got a lot of politicians in this state that are kind of uh, out of control, and they are laughing, you know, and I'm looking for, I'm like, which one of these, where, where is she? And they all start cracking up, because we all know who we're talking Talking about her name might begin with an N, and she has really good ideas of new laws to create. And so everyone's looking on the wall, and then I'm shining the laser pointer everywhere, dude. (laughs) And we get around the room, and I point at this big, giant, horrible-looking wild boar. And everyone's like, there she is! And we're like, oh, there she is. She's watching us. And then so, that is a good crew, man. We had a lot of fun at Rancho Cucamonga. It was awesome, man. I I, want
2: to go back. And we're going to be back in California pretty soon, guys. Mark your calendars. We're going to take a quick break and be back with more of the Firing Line radio show right after this.
6: A message from Vince, the owner of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're a first-time gun owner or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for
1: hunting, home defense, or recreational shooting, it is important to take the next step and become a responsible gun owner. We highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training class, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitude essentials to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. As a law-abiding citizen, you have the right to self-defense, and with that right comes an obligation to
6: educate yourself on the laws and safety procedures needed to use a firearm properly. For information about certified firearm training classes, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside at 951 823 or check out their schedule of classes at BullseyeSport.com. Because at Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo, we believe in safety first. 823
3: Pull! This portion of the Firing Line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best. All right, you
1: primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my Boomstick! Hey folks, welcome back to Boomstick Radio and you know that every week on the Firing Line Radio Show, our conversation is going to revolve around firearms, hunting, gun rights and everything good afforded to all Americans under the Second Amendment of the Constitution. And our faithful companion in this battle to uphold these rights has been our longtime sponsor, Vince Torres, of Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're looking for great holiday deals on guns, ammo, and accessories, then don't miss Bullseye Sports' huge... Black Gun Saturday sale. There'll be unbelievable savings on selected firearms and ammo, and you better get there early so you don't miss out on some of the items that are limited on availability. Doors open early at 9 a.m. and break down the doorbuster prices all throughout the store. Check out all the money savings at Black Friday Deals at BullseyeSport.com. That's BullseyeSport.com. Or tap the AM590 mobile app. Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside, where the Inland Empire gets their guns and ammo.
2: Welcome back to the Firing Line Radio Show. It's Lou McCoy, Casey Day, and Taborisaurus Rex along with you for the second time we get to take over this radio station on behalf of Philip Naiman. I you.
5: love California, man. The weather is so much better down here than it is where we're from. It's perfect, It man. is perfect. No wonder, all frostbite these, or nothing. no wonder all these people live here. Yeah. I mean, there there's a lot of other challenges down here that are horrible. Like all the crazy animals that are in charge of this state, um, but aside from that, when you get into like the nice part of California, there's a lot of patriots that are in captivity here. So it's nice to come and be that uh, force multiplier, uh, kind of parachuted behind enemy lines uh, to come in here and uh, see how the boys are doing behind enemy lines. Ever see that movie Red Dawn, bro? Oh yeah. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Remember how uh, the captain who got shot down the airplane talks about? Yeah, we're going to drop in Green Berets here in the spring, and uh, you know that's. That's kinda of like what we're we're attempting to do uh although I'm not a Green Beret because you're not a Green Beret if you can't pick a dandelion out of the yard without passing out (laughs) because you're so out of shape. But I'm just teasing. Uh, We are in kind
2: of enemy territory, though. Yeah. We're behind some scary lines here and we're being the ambassadors for the Patriots.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And it's neat to meet with these guys because, I mean, uh, they're they're hardcore, man. And, uh, you know, California used to be like one of the really, really, really good states in terms of personal freedom. And in terms of uh, being responsible uh, for your own actions, and just like prosperity and things like that, and so it's uh, there's still a lot of those people left, but uh, unfortunately. Uh, we all know the story. Uh, no use beating a dead horse, as we say up here. Yes, sir. And yeah. the frog
2: in a boiling pot metaphor, the one that you used last time, I think that's
5: perfect. Isn't that perfect. something? Yeah, yeah no
2: is. kidding. But not to beat that dead frog to death here. <laughs> the dead frog. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it is a different world out here for sure. And uh, it's not just the weather that keeps people here, though. It's the culture and it's the fun because yeah. people have a good time down here, man. Absolutely. There's a lot to do. You can go to the beach. You can go skiing. You can go to the big cities and absorb all
5: that culture. It's- dude, it's crazy. Like at nighttime, when it gets dark, it's still like above 70 degrees. Isn't that nuts? You, you know what I mean? And he can walk around and it's like a, some kind of magical Garden of Eden type situation. <laughs> yeah, it's not like Siberia where we're from. Yeah. The, 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 the <laughs> United States version of Siberia. The
4: great white north. <laughs>
2: yeah, dude, it's crazy. Yeah, when it gets dark where we're from... Everybody is inside. Everybody's sleeping. (laughs) Everybody's getting ready for work the next day.
5: Yeah, yeah.
2: We don't have a nightlife.
4: So I have to talk to you guys. So talking about the fun note and things to do in California, how many people went Black Friday shopping for this last Friday it would have been?
5: I don't participate in the Black Friday festivities unless it consists of the Black Rifle Friday stuff. The Black Rifle Friday. Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. I usually go shooting or something uh, unless there's some kind of really cheap item that I need uh, on that day. But I'm not going to. Uh, you know, be in a stampede of crazy zombies to get a Tickle Me Elmo or whatever and get and get killed to death. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Like, yeah, I'm just going to go That's over what here. the holidays are yeah. all about, Rex. I have, to, yeah.
4: I have to tell you a story. Mm-hmm. So growing up, obviously, Black Friday was a big deal in my family. <laughs> okay. And I had, so I come from a family of five. So I'm one of five children. My mother would station us at places in Walmart, <laughs>
5: I can see this. Like
4: legitimately, we'd be we'd break up into teams. You'd have like I'd, she
5: has like the chart up there, and they yeah. give you like a briefing. Yeah, and, like she, I got, like, she like, like... she's like the Schwartzkoff of like yeah. how to get the chocomielmo
4: like, from no, Walmart. You gotta wait. You gotta wait over she here. She wearing the,
5: th- the, yeah. the 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 chocolate chip cookie uh, six color <laughs> camouflage <laughs> with yeah. the. Awesome.
4: Like legitimately, this was like a family affair where we would all get together. we would got a strategical plan. You need to be in this area at this time. And then we all meet up in the parking lot. What are the rules of engagement? When do you elbow
5: people in the face?
4: Uh we well, hopefully there is no engagement, but if there is, I mean we had to be steadfast. We were the kids, man. We gotta <laughs> get mom her spoils. That's I, I, what I, I we were doing.
5: Holy Moses, dude, that's hilarious. Like it's funny, like uh just the, the attraction that uh you know when when we're in such prosperity in America, it's interesting how this spiral begins and then like this materialism takes hold of us and we just go crazy mm-hmm. and then we just like magnetically Got to just like acquire all this stuff that's shipped over on these giant cargo ships from China or wherever so that we can feel special and then throw it in a box and then put it in the garage someplace and run out of room. I was just going to say, man,
2: I think that is kind of what the American dream boils down to anymore is consumerism and uh, materialism because you go to the big box store or you don't even go to the big box store anymore. You order all this stuff online and it shows up at your house and then you've got this – void inside of you that, yeah. you're, that you're trying to fill with this material
5: stuff. When it's pure material. Now, there's a yeah. whole other yeah. level to this, too, though. Like, back in the old days, before people just had... Um, you know, that mindset, they treasured other things, mm-hmm. like they treasured company. They treasured, um, you know, food, hanging yeah. out with other people. Yeah, food, festivities. Uh, they treasured good, like I said before, good company with with the elders and stuff like that. Uh, the part I remember, like, about the holiday season, quote, unquote, uh, from when I was a kid, was hanging out with all my uncles or the elders and just sitting there and learning things from them and, uh, you know, just absorbing this information because, like... That's something, information is something that no one can take away from you. And relationship building, man. Yes, sir. That's the part that I like. I don't really care about all the material, although it's fun to have stuff if you don't got it, I suppose, you know, so it's greener on the other side of the fence. But truly acquiring knowledge and, uh, you know, just in, in that relationship building to me as a kid was the most valuable thing of all, rather than getting some tickle me Elmo or what that's that's very emblematic of whatever the latest fad of the day as it gets thrown uh, into the trash can very quickly afterwards you know
2: <laughs> but being able to sit around the campfire or whatever with your older relatives the the bearded ones the guys with the yeah, beards
5: and, absolutely and
2: listening to the stories of their lives what they've seen in their lifetime the changes and, and just learning from them learning all different kinds of things yeah and that's where real wisdom and real Family and friendship and value of the holiday season yeah. comes from
5: participating in what they call human culture. Ooh. Ever hear that one, Lou? I like that? There's a lot of snowflakes that might not have ever heard of that deal. Give them a brief rundown on what human culture is. Then human culture is actual humans, the biological organisms interacting one-on-one, looking into each other's eyeballs and communicating with this thing called a, a voice box, vocal cords, uh-huh. and, uh, you know, a body language and um, mastering the art of, uh, you know, body and verbal communication.
4: Why would you work that hard if you can just send a text message? Yeah. Oh, dude, <laughs> like don't does.
5: even get me started.
4: <laughs> the least
5: effective method That's of how, communication. Sounds
4: like so much work. Body language,
5: yeah. talking. That's no. how they turn a human into zeros and ones and simplify so they can steer it easier and plug it into their universal Babylon system. But let's not go there. Hey, that's probably illegal to talk about in this state. We don't want to get arrested.
4: Speaking of illegal, you said Black Rifle Friday?
5: Oh, yeah, Black Rifle Friday. Uh, You know, everyone should probably have some kind of defensive firearm if you love your family and if you think that you're equipped to maybe protect them. And so I think that uh, there's a lot of good deals a lot of times at these sporting goods stores. Uh, where you can get some uh, shotguns work good. It doesn't have to be a black rifle. You uh, could be a, any anything like that. But, uh, you know, a black rifle is a very good defensive weapon by nature. In fact, a lot of people, you know, misattribute that as being the assault rifle. That is a misnomer. I think so. It, you know, in the military circles, even it's, it's used to separate from contact. If you're ambushed by bad guys or if you're reacting to being attacked, you need firepower to separate from contact. The bad guys are trying to kill you. So you're just putting, their heads down by pulling the trigger a lot, Uh, the actual engagement of the enemy comes by way more precise means, or by artillery, (laughs) (laughs) or whatever you got, you know what I'm saying? But by nature, a lot of those weapons were designed to separate contact. They're defensive by nature, and I think that the true assault rifle might actually be The bolt action. If you look at it in terms of the way the Germans uh, formed their fire teams and and their strategy during the Second World War, uh, they were centered on the machine gun to keep everyone suppressed. But the actual uh, infantry units are mainly built around the machine gun, but everyone else had the Mauser, the K-98s. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting how these different tactics are employed. But if you look at on the pound for pound basis, the most uh, useful application of fire actually is like someone aiming or being proficient. With a firearm, rather than, you know, not being proficient. Yes, And sir. so, you know, it's interesting, you know, Santa Claus is coming around, and uh, actually it's kind of interesting because he's actually good with the uh, Black Rifle Friday as well, so. We're going to have details about Santa's
2: Black Rifles coming up after a quick break.
0: the answer. this portion of
3: the firing line is brought to you by the riverside indoor shooting range and ccw safe
4: spartans lay down your weapons
1: Pleasure. come and get them
2: Welcome back to the Firing Line Radio Show. It's Lou McCoy, Casey Day and Taborosaurus Rex, in for Philip Naman once again, and big thank you, Philip, for letting us sit in on the firing line. It's such a blast hanging out here in California every Absolutely. time we get to do this. And word is that if things go well today, he might have us back again sometime in the future.
5: Yeah, I'm excited about that prospect. I do enjoy uh, hanging out uh, with the Californians, and it's just a great time, man.
2: Yes, sir. Before the quick break there, we were talking about Black Rifle Friday and what yeah.
5: that means here in America and around the holiday season. Now, this is something that's actually a little more serious, so we'll have to try to do this in a sober manner. Um, when Santa Claus, as he's become known as a hero from uh, texas as many of you might have heard there was a tragedy that went down in texas not too long ago A uh, baptist church got shut up by a nut job guy uh, 26 people killed and amazing to me that in texas no one in that church was able to stop that guy because no one was carrying a weapon that's and that blows my mind, man. Yeah. I mean, especially being Texas because yes. they can actually have weapons there and no one at church had, thought to have it very small town in the hundreds, not in the thousands. Um, but a guy just busted in there, a uh, left wing radical, crazy guy. And he was dead set on killing everybody in that church apparently. And so he was well equipped to do this task and he had body armor and he had a helmet, a uh, SWAT team helmet. And, uh, he had a rifle and a pistol and he just uh, started killing people. And, um, the first responders are so far away that you can kill a lot of people in a short amount of time with any kind of firearm, whether that's just a pump shotgun or uh, any anything, really. And uh, Santa Claus, as it has become known, what was his name, Lou? Stephen Williford. Williford. Uh, he was uh, a person who lived a block away. And uh, there was a really good interview we just watched, actually, before we started the radio show. Uh, with louder, with Crowder, and uh, it was a pretty fresh after the event happened, where they interviewed the gentleman who kind of saved the day, and uh, he lived a block away, and he was growing his Santa Claus beard uh, because he would ride Harley with uh, the the Baptist church members. Really nice old guy, real real peace loving grandpa style guy, and his daughter had heard uh, shots going off across the street. And uh, he thought it was tapping on the window while well, they get there. And uh, he's like, holy Moses, someone is shooting. There, there's a gunfight out there. So he runs to his safe. And he grabs uh, his AR-15, okay? Like a regular one, not like a California one, okay? <laughs> and he uh, had an EOTech on it, and he had his magazines. And he grabbed a handful of uh, ammunition, and he, he runs out the door with no shoes on. And he has no shoes, and he starts uh, snapping cartridges into the magazine as he's running uh, for the church. And he, that one, he rode with the people. Those all his friends. And he describes on this amazing interview with uh, Lauder with Crowder, that each shot that he heard was one of his friends being killed, and the, the police were nowhere to be seen because it takes them a while to get there. The first responders aren't everywhere at the same time. Yeah. And so he had to be, as a responsible citizen, he was actually an NRA firearms instructor, he was the man for the job at that moment. So he ran out of the house with no shoes on, uh, Santa Claus, as they call him, and, uh, because he was actually getting ready to deliver toys uh, to the, um, you know, the poor kids in that county, and that's what they do every year with the Baptist church down there. And uh, he runs out with his AR-15 and he sees this guy coming out of the church shooting it up with all this tactical gear on. So he had the, the the firearms training necessary. Now dude like when you're in a in a situation like this, adrenaline removes all your skill. Everything. You have tunnel vision. You can't see any you can't if someone's talking to you you can hear him. You are focused on just exactly what's in front of you. And so Whatever firearms proficiency you might have thought you had, 90% of that goes out the window. You are now operating on pure adrenaline mode. Everything's in slow motion. You only have gross motor skill. You got tunnel vision. A lot of weird things happen. But through his proficiency with firearms over years and years and years, and even being an instructor in firearms, uh, he was able to be cool enough to find cover behind the pickup truck and engage the active shooter. And he noticed that the guy was wearing an armor plate on the front and on the back. And so he put one round in between those plates and then the guy jumps in the truck and he describes how this gunfight unfolded. And then he came up at another uh, a young guy. Uh, I forgot what the kid's name was. He had a cowboy hat with tattoos Johnny. on his neck. Johnny, yeah. Uh, just a guy who kind of seen it all happen. He jumped in the truck there and uh, they said, we need to put pursuit on this guy. And so they were the guys that saved the day. They uh, reported to the the, the law enforcement and uh, where this truck was going before it could in the, he had enough ammunition to go and shoot up another church. And it sounds like he was heading to another church. Yeah. Actually. He was actually, and that's what the, the, the gentleman, uh, Steven was talking about was he was worried about they're driving straight for the church down the road, a couple of miles down the road. And so they put pursuit on and he had his rifle and he only had a couple of rounds left because he only, you know, grabbed a handful of uh, shells. So that's the lesson. Always keep your magazines loaded guys. Uh, that's just my opinion. You always got to have them loaded because you never know what could happen. But at any rate, uh, the vehicle veers off, kind of crashes into the ditch, sits there for a while, then it tries to get up, and the guy's obviously losing blood or losing whatever, and then he kind of goes in the ditch on the other side, and the media has been very cryptic on how they've reported that. They haven't said that the guy was actually stopped by this Patriot shepherd sheepdog citizen guy Santa Claus a Baptist church member who has his big fluffy white beard and is an adorable guy who just so happened to have an AR15 and save the day because he had his protection rifle available yep and so Santa Claus saved the day for whoever was next on the target list unfortunately nobody in the church was armed Because if even one or two of them people in that church in Texas would have had a piece on them, Uh, they could have returned fire and it would have been maybe a different story. A totally different story. Yeah, because everyone just got executed in there. And that's
2: the thing about when these psychopaths go into a concert, a church, Mm -hmm. a daycare, a school, or whatever, is that they're soft targets, man. Nobody's going to be shooting back at you, and that's their whole anticipation. And up until the moment where either the first responders, whether that be the cops or the patriots, start shooting back, that's a game changer, man. Absolutely. that's when you get the upper hand and
5: you had
4: Sorry, I just think that an important thing to remember about these situations is that where you least expect it to ever happen is where you're always going to be the most vulnerable.
5: Absolutely. It's like, uh, that's very true. It's when you're sitting there comfortable. He didn't have his shoes on. He was just and chilling out in the room, right? Yep. And it's when you're eating a cheeseburger and the rifle is in the safe and there's no ammo in the magazine. Uh, that's when that stuff goes down. So mm-hmm. the level of readiness is very critical in those moments. And thank God there was at least somebody within a block. but. But if there was someone closer than a block away, I bet you a lot more lives could have been saved because usually these scumbags, when they go on a murdering spree, the second they even are presented with any kind of opposition, even if a guy who's a good guy pulls a gun, they usually run off and either off themselves or or whatever because they're scared. I mean, that's the kind of people that do these kind of crimes. But to me, it was so shocking that nobody in the church was armed. So I would strongly recommend if it's possible, wherever you live, to be armed to the greatest capacity as possible, legally, preferably, right? But I mean, even there, I mean, your life is so valuable. And, you know, if we have... Armed guards to protect our jewelry stores and our freaking casinos, Mm -hmm. um, why not our churches or where more valuable things are at? Or our schools. Or our schools. There's got to be protection. The only thing that the common thread in all these uh, shootings that people are so worried about is that the only thing that stopped the guy was some guy and had to shoot that guy. Yep. Yeah, a good guy with a gun is only You're You're not going to talk him out of it You're not going to tell him like, oh, you know We just need to understand you better, you're going to get shot in the face Let's talk about your feelings Let's talk about your feelings Well, he's demonstrating his feelings, he's cuckoo <laughs> So the only way, and that's why police are armed Because we yeah. hire good guys To be armed all the time Because we have degenerated to a society That's too lazy to carry around our own firearms And uh, self police uh, But uh, I think that it is good The first responders did a very good job there in texas but even there they were so far away there was nobody who could save these people and it's actually tears a guy up to watch this interview it's tough to watch it's tough to watch like i actually you know it is tough to watch man and uh because you can see this guy's emotion, he's just like these are his friends being murdered, and as he's running down the street with no shoes, trying to snap cartridges into his a r fifteen magazine, uh there's nobody else around there who was armed to to stop these guys, and so he was able to save the day for a lot of other people. Uh, that were in the, in the next line of fire. So it's just an interesting case study of how valuable it is to be always ready to actually be armed and then to have the sobriety of mind that is delivered through a proficient training regime uh, to where you can – be sober with the adrenaline effects enough to engage an active shooter situation. That's why police train so much. That's why military train so much. And I believe that citizens should also go out there and make sure that they're well equipped and well proficient with firearms if they want to protect those people
2: they love. And you should be at that level of being that person that you look for to protect your family. Absolutely. Don't look for the police or law enforcement to be that person when they show up aspire to be that person yourself absolutely and then you can protect the ones that you love we're going to take a quick break folks and be back with another portion of the
6: firing line radio show stick around if you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit you need protection beyond the weapon my name is larry vickers and i am a retired veteran of u.s special operations and i now teach law enforcement civilians and members of our military in advanced firearm training I train people to use their firearms in almost any situation, but I can't prepare them for what happens if they are forced to use a gun to save their lives. That's why I use CCW Safe. They offer membership plans for concealed carry permit holders, and if members are involved in a use of force incident, CCW Safe provides expert witnesses, investigators, and the best defense attorneys in the U.S. Yearly plans range from $99 for a single membership to $150 for a dual membership. And special plans are available for law enforcement and military. Members are required to have a valid concealed carry permit and must maintain their permit. Visit CCWSAFE.com today.
0: AM 590. The Answer. (laughs) This portion of The
3: Firing Line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics.
1: Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here?
2: Welcome back to The Firing Line radio show for one final portion of today's radio extravaganza. Lou McCoy, Casey Day, and Taborisaurus Rex in for Philip Naaman and... It just goes way too fast, doesn't it?
5: Yeah, the time flies by when we're having fun, buddy.
2: It always does. And a big thank you to Philip once again for letting us hang out with you guys today. And with any luck, we'll be back sometime in the future. In the meantime, though, we were talking about the unfortunate incident back in Texas, the last segment here, and the degree of preparedness and readiness and just how far that'll actually go in the real world.
4: Yeah, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about um, preparedness and training and and that sort of thing. I know that there's a lot of people People in California that are hung up on the idea of doing those advanced trainings and things like that, and um, I mean, even owning a gun in California seems to be kind of like the behind-the-scenes taboo. taboo thing. Yep. It's it's scary, um, and a lot of people think, well. I don't want to break a law and carry my gun where I'm not supposed to because I could go to jail. But the the vice versa to that is that you lose your life or you, you lose somebody that you love. So it's, it's a catch-22 for a lot of people over there. And I kind of wanted to talk about it because personally, in my experience, I went through something very similar, even though I am from a state where it's less dangerous to carry it's
5: yeah I, we have an open carry uh or there there's no permit required to conceal carry or open carry in yeah. our state constitutional yes. carry yeah it's constitutional called constitutional thing. carry you can just carry a piece if you haven't had a felony yep
4: so and it's always been something that like people up here they talk about so it's not um one of those taboo things where like you have to look around make sure nobody's looking when you guys talk about it you know but the the thing with that is I also obviously am a female and I grew up in that generational gap where people said, you know, girls shouldn't touch guns. Look at the girl with the gun, how dumb she is. You know, it's just that was something I grew up with. Um, on top of that, I grew up where there was often crime, you know, happening around me. It wasn't necessarily directly tied to me, but there was a lot of crime in the area I grew up in. And there was a couple of times that guns didn't seem like very friendly things. <laughs> so I was very scared of guns. I was very afraid of owning a gun, touching a gun. I actually wouldn't even touch a gun. Up uh, until
2: about a, a year ago or less than a year ago, right, Casey? Yeah,
4: up until about a year ago. And now if you look, I'm not going to you know direct traffic or anything, but if you look online, you'll see some videos of me shooting pretty darn well. So, um,
5: <laughs> My, how quickly the penny shines up. Yes, yeah. sir.
4: So, um, but I kind of want to tell you why I did that, why I started to get involved and I wanted to learn more about guns. Um, obviously, working with uh, Taborosaurus Rex and Rex Reviews, uh, we talk about them a lot. It became less and less scary the more that you talk about it. And then I started to get an interest because I wanted to conquer a personal fear that I had. I knew that it wasn't very logical and I just, I wanted to see if I could do it. So we went out to pick me out a handgun. And, uh, and I was terrified. But after I finally shot enough of them, I got over it. And I, I We had
5: a weapons proficiency day where we just kind of broke through the ice. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And after that day, I decided, OK, I had a choice. I did have a choice that day and I could have stayed there with the general knowledge of I can pick up and I can shoot this gun or I can go learn how to use this gun and be a proficient shooter if i ever need there's
5: a large difference between a lot of guys will take their wives or their girlfriends out and to the range one or two times and once they can get a bullet to come out of the muzzle of the rifle or the pistol they feel like the mission has been accomplished they know how to load the magazine insert it cock it and get the bullet out and sort of throw it in the right direction but that's not really a true level of proficiency
4: No, and I think for me, it was extremely important to learn how to use it properly. A couple different reasons for that were I wanted to make sure that if the time ever came where I needed to use it, I was safe with it. Because somebody that just knows how to pick up and shoot a gun, as you know, with adrenaline, 90% of everything you know is gone out the window. So if all I know is how to pick up and shoot that gun, when I'm under adrenaline, I could point it at somebody I didn't mean to. I could accidentally drop it. I could, you know, not choose to pick up the gun in the first place because I was scared. I was you know had the adrenaline going. So to get the training to not only make myself safer, but also to be able to provide that safety for other people who might not be able to was important to me. Like the
5: gentleman you talked about earlier, right? A- Being a, a sheepdog, a, a protector of your area of operations wherever you're at.
4: Absolutely. So I accelerated quickly through all the classes and learned very quickly because I was given good information the entire time. I never was able to develop a bad habit. That's one
5: thing that's interesting is uh, one hesitation guys come uh, have that's very common coming to like an RX series long range precision rifle class is that, uh, well, I got to get practice up first yep. before I come. i like, dude, you're going to reinforce all these horrible habits that we have to un- untangle. <laughs> and then, you know, it's stuff that as guys, we don't want to admit we have, but it's all true. Uh, the more we reinforce some of these bad habits or some of these things that are maybe not as effective as uh, the actual best way of doing it, uh, the more. Difficult. So, what you learn in training is not being trained only, but is learning how to practice after you are trained. Practice comes after training. If you're practicing before your training, it's like a it's a you're just like randomly throwing a dart into the into the black. You don't know where the hell that thing's going to land, and so it's very very essential that you you get the training first so you know how to actually effectively practice so exactly. that you can accomplish uh, that skill set with. The degree of precision and uh, you know in, in a timely manner. Yeah. So I got to
2: ask you, Casey, what does your sense of self and self preservation and competence feel like now with a firearm and your ability to protect yourself versus how you did a year ago?
4: So it's it's completely changed. Before I even had that that judgment of I want to learn, um, I had picked up a gun with some friends out at friends' farm and. They wanted me to shoot. It. it was me and two guys and I didn't want to, you know, and I think a lot of guys kind of scare, like you look at it the wrong way. If you just force somebody into it, of course they're going to be afraid and they're not going to want to do it. So guys with girlfriends, remember that. They have to want to do it. <laughs> um, it's kind of the rule of thumb for most things, so <laughs> yeah, <no laughs>
0: just doubt. remember
4: that. Uh, so, if you force them into it, they're going to be afraid and they're not going to do very well, which was me. I was terrified. I didn't want to do it. I shot the gun. I cried. I dropped it. I was done. I left. <laughs> it was. I was never picking one up again. Adorable. And yeah. And uh, and
5: so where are you at now?
4: A year later, I can pick up a gun, no problem. I feel confident when I go out to shoot. I'm, you
5: should have seen at the end of the RX class. (laughs) Actually, it was what, day two? So we work at 100 yards on day one, right? Mm-hmm. And we just make sure that you're proficient with the basic marksmanship skills. We show you it as the other rifle and ambient lighting conditions. We collect all the ballistic inputs. But the day two, Casey Day has only shot prior to the rifle class, six the RX-17 uh, mm-hmm. rifle class that we had in Texas. She shot six rounds out of a bolt-action rifle, all under very close supervision to get her very highly refined in the fundamentals of marksmanship. But when she showed up at this class, she was basically brand new, material like It's just totally malleable. And on day two, the first drill after we get all our data from day one was zero to 800 yards. Yep. And what happened?
4: So it's an (laughs) 800-yard shot. They just start you out with that. All you have is your ballistic table that you formulated the night before. Hopefully, it is right from the information that you provided. So we're out there. I'm the first one on the line. Shoot out to 800. I hit the target the first time, and you got two shots regardless. Yep. So I shot again, and I hit it a second time. Yeah. And it
5: turns out by the end of, uh, uh, Casey Day's training, along with, uh, 30 other pretty well equipped dudes who are into it as well, she kept up with at least the 50th percentile. I think she was actually in the 70th percentile of shooters. She, uh, ran through all the drills very effectively. So taking a person from, uh, a brand-new perspective often is the best way to go um, because you can really, really get them squared away effectively. And if you got old habits to correct, that's not hard to do, but you got to have the proper instruction. And speaking of instruction, if you want to get
2: off on the right foot, we've got a couple of events coming up in California. The... Yeah, by popular demand, uh, the first uh, one was very, very well-loved and received. Yes, sir. And the prerequisite to get on the live fire course is, of course, the seminar.
5: That's the first half of the training. Yep, yes, it's a two-day uh, classroom portion. Followed by a three-day live fire event, which happens separated uh, a month or two out from that. So you have time to get your equipment squared away.
2: And the live fire is coming up March 17th in Avenal, California. We're looking forward to that. And then the word on the street is that there's going to be another seminar.
5: Yeah, we we have enough room on the range to accommodate more people, and uh, some people missed out on the seminar, so those people uh, we are getting something squared away in February, if you want to catch up on the first half of the training, the seminar portion we will make that available, that'll be on RexDefense.com is our training site Uh, you can also find it on RexReviews.org which is more of our media site for our fun stuff, but anyone who's curious about uh, what we have to offer in terms of long range precision training, if you have anyone for the holidays uh, looking for a really good gift. This is an awesome idea for anyone you might know who would be interested in uh, getting really, really squared away with the rifle. With proper instruction, you can make a lot of headway. So check it
2: out at RexReviews.org and RexDefense.com. And a big thank you to Mr. Philip Naiman for letting us sit in today. It's been a blast as always. It's just a good time hanging out with all you California folks. And with any luck, we'll be back to do it again sometime soon.
4: Thanks, guys. <laughs>
1: When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk.
3: The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside. The Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. CCW Safe. Mop and Financial Advisors. Cutting-edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best. Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino. And Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics.